On The Mark podcast, bringing you facts, opinions, and personal experiences from the outdoor industry. Um, I got the opportunity to shoot an AR-15. That was one of the funnest experiences that I've had. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's a, it's a big rush. Presented by Sightmark, an industry leader in optics, bore sights, night vision, and more. Make your mark. Welcome to the On The Mark podcast. This is Jeff Hamilton, your host. Today, I've got Tim out of uh, Michigan. He's with Ann Arbor Arms. Tim, are you single? No, I'm married happily with two kids. Ah, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. I've been uh, I've been feeling uh, trying to hook somebody up here lately. I got some some female listeners, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just well. I, now, actually, I do see. <laughs> I did see you actually have eleven siblings. Is that right? I do. I do. I have. I'm second oldest of twelve kids. Holy smokes! Same parents. Same parents, no twins, no triplets. All, how, what? <laughs> how is yep, yep. Okay, okay. Um, I think we've got the hook out there. Now, if people haven't bit by now, then I don't know. Maybe they just need to go listen to another podcast because that in itself is probably a whole podcast. Give it me, is. Give me a little bit of information about you and then, and then let's roll that into Ann Arbor Arms and, and what you guys do. Perfect. Um, so as you already mentioned, I come from a large family. My dad is a um, Baptist pastor and also he's an engineer. So he's been a busy man. My mom stayed at home and taught us. We were homeschooled and, um, you know, kind of grew up in a rather sheltered environment. Um, but one that the older I get, the more I can appreciate. Sure. And from there, you know, I kind of was rather rebellious as a teenager, um, wanting the opportunities I saw other kids having and got, found myself kicked out of the home and kind of experienced some of the things my parents were trying to protect me from <laughs> sure. on my own. And, you know, always knew that I wanted to be in the military, especially after 9-11. I just knew it was something that I felt the finger pointing at me. Um, right. And so after doing, you know, a lot of nothing for, uh, a year or two, um, I graduated high school, um, and then joined the Marine Corps. Went in the Marine Corps in 2005, went to boot camp, school of infantry, um, joined our local unit and left right away for build-up training. We were deployed to Fallujah, Iraq. After being there for, oh, not long, over a month, I think it was five or six weeks, um, I was injured. Um, It was a roadside bomb. It Mm -hmm. took my right leg and got some minor fractures in my back and some minor brain injury, but also took, you know, a lot of my innocence and took uh, my my squad leader, Sergeant Brock Babb, and our radio operator, um, Josh Hines, killed them on in that explosion. And then one of my best friends, Josh Blau, lost both legs and just a myriad of other injuries. And wow. somehow it's still around and, you know, went through an extensive um, recovery, several surgeries. I At one time I counted, it was over 40. Um, about four years in the hospital and got out, did some motivational speaking, 
did a little bit of uh, pursuing golf and then kind of needed to get back into an everyday life. And that's when this store, Ann Arbor Arms, was opening this big facility, this expanded facility. And that's when I jumped in here, got involved with Ann Arbor Arms just because I love the people and the sort of approach they were taking um, was a little bit less than traditional. And I just, you know, I aligned with it and I, I truly enjoyed working with the customer and being able to not worry about anything other than just taking care of a customer, no matter what that meant and feeling the ownership on down, just really, that's what they cared about as well. So found a nice fit here and worked myself up into uh, the director of range and retail. And so I now am able to kind of steer the ship to some degree and keep things focused on the customers that come in. And, and that's what I'm really most passionate about. Awesome. Well, uh, let me just first say, you know, thank you for your service and um, the sacrifices you and, um, you know, everybody uh, else has made. Um, it sounds like that was a, a pretty traumatic experience. And I can, I can only imagine the emotions that you're going through even right now as we gladly hand Afghanistan back to the Taliban. I'm sure that, um, you know, being involved in the military is, um, that's got to be hard to see that kind of stuff uh, go down the way it has. Um, Seemed like there was some some ways we could have done this a little bit more effective. Um, Right. And yeah, I mean, you know, I was born in 92. That shocks people. I was born in 92, but, um, you know, eight years of my life, um, the, the first eight years of my life of the only years we have not been at, in Afghanistan. And that's insane to me to see the outcome that's, that's happening right now. Um, right. I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on what's going on over there? Well, I do. And I have a lot of mis- mixed emotions and I know a lot of guys do, um, guys and gals that have served and, you know, just American citizens as a whole, there's a lot of um, uneasiness and, you know, there's a lot of reminiscent things that harken back to previous wars that we've had. And, you know, a lot of bloodshed and loss of friends and, you know, family members. And, you know, somehow it makes it feel a little bit less important, the sacrifices that were made to some degree. Um, I also understand that there's a lot more at play here and um, there's some political positioning and things going on. And it's just where we're at as a, as a whole is a little bit concerning, but I don't really want to get into the politics of it all so much as, yeah, there's definitely some frustration and concern and sadness and, you know, a lot of, a lot of my personal friends, you know, bled for the same thing mm-hmm. and um, saw firsthand a lot of the families over there that were just struggling, you know, to survive and to raise their children. And now as a father, I look at everything through a different lens. I sort of look at it through my children's eyes and wanting to provide for them 
the best life experience humanly possible. And then I look at the parents and those that are suffering in that country and how much worse it's going to be for the people who are not Taliban, um, the Afghanis, and knowing that here I sit in a comfortable room and have a comfortable life and there's some people over there whose kids are going to get snatched away from them and put into terrorist camps to train new terrorists and things of that nature. So when I look at it through that eye, I'm so saddened at the parents that cannot provide the future that they were striving to provide in just a war-torn country. And just to pull out and turn our backs is, you know, you know, sad in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. And, uh, yeah, it's a crazy, you know, there's politics behind every single move nowadays. And it seems like, you know, everybody is trying to, um, you know, prop themselves up for, for one thing by, by doing something else. And without getting into the politics of it all, I just would say, you know, we all just need to, you feel we feel these emotions for these situations and and rightfully so um but we got to remember on the back end just whatever we can control control what we can't you got to give it to god um and that's that's the way i live my life and you know there's a lot of emotions at play here but but like you said um you know we 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 have to fall back and rely on something and when everything else seems to to be going away i i always feel like like he's there anyway, uh, going to take care of stuff. So we'll just hope that happens. Instead of sure. getting instead of getting sucked down this rabbit hole, uh, I'm going to switch it back over. We'll talk a little bit more about Ann Arbor Arms. Now you guys also go by um, A3, is that right? Well, A3 is just sort of the easy way to you know Ann Arbor Arms. We're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so. Right. Arms stands for firearms, obviously, and sure. so the A3, since there's the three A's, is just kind of like a nice little logo that kind of fits, and so it's all part of who we are. Cool. And so we don't go by one or the other. It's just all kind of part of it. If somebody was going to try and find you on Google, they would use Ann Arbor Arms. Correct. Okay, Correct. cool. That's that's the most important part, because if anybody does listen to this and decide to check you out, I want to make sure they can find you easily. Yes, sir. Um, so you guys, you guys are a full um, retail shop, and then you also have a gun range. Is that correct? That's correct. We have twenty-four lanes, three different bays. Okay, very nice. As and well as our yes, as well as our retail. Very nice. And so, in the retail side of stuff, I mean, uh, walk me through a little bit about what you guys do. Is it just uh, is it firearms, optics, just all your normal stuff, or you guys got any specialties? What what's Ann Arbor Arms all about on the retail side? All right, so I think the easiest way to describe us is we have a good, better, and best mentality. Um, if you go to a car shop and you're, or if you go to a dealership and you're shopping for a car, you want to see what you're looking at, but you might also want to see a step down, something a little less expensive, and sure. you might want to see something a step up, a little bit higher. Right. So we want to have a selection that you know sort of meets our facility and our mentality, and to have something for everyone. We want to have the inexpensive stuff that we approve of, that we've been able to guarantee sort of works, as well as the popular stuff, as well as the sort of 
higher end stuff that you don't see everywhere at every gun shop. Sure. So we want to have a little bit of everything. I would say we do a lot of ARs. Um, we do a lot of concealed carry firearms and everything in between. What, um, what do you think is the most popular concealed carry gun on the market? Well, it was, it'd definitely be between four. I don't know if I could tell you the exact first, second, third, and fourth places, but it would definitely be between the Glock 43X, the SIG 365, um, the Hellcat, Springfield Hellcat at the moment, and the Shield Plus, the new Shield Plus. So I would definitely say it's, you know, those four, I don't care whose list it is, those four are going to show up. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Those are the ones I seem to to hear quite a bit about. I personally have uh, both the Springfield um, and the Smith & Wesson. Um, for me, the Hellcat was a little bit better fit for me. Uh, it was a no-brainer to go with 14 rounds. Well, I also, sorry, I had the Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 uh, shield. So this was, I bought it before um, the plus right, came out. right before the plus. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I then I upgraded to the hill. I wore that gun for a long time, and I liked it a lot. But I'll tell you the the two point uh, grip on the um, SMP, or, or sorry, the uh, Smith and Wesson. The M and P. Yeah, the M and P. That grip was just a little bit too abrasive up against my my skin when I wore it in my belt. Um, but also, yep. I had a lot of I had a little bit of trouble with that gun personally. Um, with anything past, I, I would say like at about 15 yards, I would start to, my trigger pull would kind of, I, w- I would drift off and my impact would always be off to the right a little bit. And okay. after evaluating, after shooting it for a while, I was able to kind of correct that a little bit, but I still always kind of went over to the right and I had good groupings, but always over to the right a little bit. Well, I shot the, I shot the Hellcat. And fell in love with it immediately. I didn't have that issue at all. And the only difference I can think of is um, completely different grips. The Smith & Wesson was a little bit wider and skinnier. Um, so it, I, my imagination is that when I pulled the trigger, I was getting a little bit of turn within the actual grip right. um, versus the Hellcat. I'd be is, willing to bet that that's exactly what it was. If you were slightly over gripping, because it was just the way it sat in your hand, and the slightly wider grip of the Hellcat just suited you better. Yeah, yeah, and I it it felt a little more comfortable for me. And at the time, I went from you know seven rounds to to fourteen rounds, um, so that was a no brainer for me. But yeah, that's what I'm carrying now. It, it's interesting because um, let's see, who was it that just came out with a new compact pistol? Um, was it Ruger? No, it was maybe Taurus. Ruger did. Ruger, Ruger came did? out with the new Mac. Nine. The match nine, yes. Uh, that one gained a lot more attention than I expected. Um, have you guys? Uh, Ruger's always a little bit slow to the, you know, they're not the first ones out at most things, but they're always going to have something in the game. The thing about a Ruger is they always seem to work. Um, to me, in the past, they haven't been the highest on the feature right um, side of things but they always tend to work so it's something that we always have it's never the most sought after it's never the least sought after but it's always kind of you know just just underneath the 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 main um contenders but in not a huge distant yeah yeah. the price the price point reflects too within the from ruger to these other brands too 
generally across right. across the uh, across the spectrum. So that's one reason I bring them in there because if somebody is looking at getting a concealed carry weapon today, they need to know those four main ones. Plus, if you want something on a little bit on the um, cheaper, I wouldn't say cheaper side, but the and I wouldn't say lower end. It's it's a lower value. Um, it's price uh, lower. It's price lower than the other ones. It's price lower. It's price slightly lower. But um, if I would, I think one of the biggest things is you know somebody who carries every day. Uh, one of the coolest things that we can do here, and it's not to just jump back and plug us, but at the same point, we want to get out and try the new things and see if it's better than what we currently have. Right. And one of the things that we do is we do the rent to buy. Um, so for like 15 bucks, you can come in and try three of them out. You want oh, to do cool. six of them, it'd be 30 bucks, but you come in and try them out and we're going to give you a few rounds, each one, five rounds per gun and just let you come in and try them. Yeah, because that's awesome. if we all look at a gun, we might be visually attracted to one or the other. Right. But when we go and actually pull the trigger on each of them. You know, two things happen. Either you realize that there's not tremendous differences between any of them, or a lot of times there's actually somebody just falls in love with, you know, the trigger on one of them or the feel in the hand of the other one. And a lot of the big things about the Shield 2.0 was that grip texture. And it was always one of the things that we would say is, look, in your hand, this feels rough. When you go and shoot it, you actually appreciate the texture because it doesn't move around in your hand as much. But that is one of the things that you have to understand about yourself. If you're not wearing a T-shirt underneath your outer shirt that's tucked in, then that one will rub against the skin. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I I had heard, I I was looking through my notes uh, before I walked in here, and I saw that at one point in time, uh, recently, you guys were working on maybe getting some type of a TV show deal lined up, um, but then some stuff happened that kind of fell through, um, primarily right. because of some discrimination issues against the firearms industry. I don't really want to, you know, obviously, we don't want to drag anybody through the mud. Uh, we take it all day long, every day, but generally, the firearms industry doesn't dish it back out to companies that do us bad. Without without right. necessarily slandering anybody, could you walk me through kind of what happened in this in this situation? Yeah, so you know, we were pro- approached with the opportunity, and it was something that was sort of too good to be true. Um, it was really awesome opportunity where it would do an industry spotlight, and they wanted to pick you know everything from manufacturer on up to retailer marketing company and they want to just highlight somebody different you know whether the manufacturer on one level the distributor the retailer and then all the support whether it be a marketing company or you know people that gear what they do towards the firearms industry so they're doing sort of an industry spotlight and our reputation for customer service kind of was what led them to look for us and that was an honor. Um, we expressed our concerns about, you think this can go mainstream and you can get this out to all these different channels, then let's go for it. And then, you know, and I think they learned a lesson as well as when it was all done and edited and if they did a really good job on it. 
But um, when it came time to put it out to the different channels that, you know, they were used to being able to go through, um, it was all shot down just because of the fact that it was a firearms industry related piece. And so we're sort of used to that. Um, We thought this was going to be different. I don't know why. Um, But once again, you know, we thought with the people behind it that they obviously knew what they were doing and could, would be able to, with our message of wanting to spread the firearms into the next generation, what it's going to require is a personal level of responsibility to take these people at any level, bring them in and provide them the resources necessary to be a safe, responsible gun owner. Otherwise the people who grew up on the farm shooting a gun are dying off. Farm fields are being turned into subdivisions and the country is, you know, getting further and further out and people are less aware of firearms and firearm safety. Our grandfather, our grandparents' generation, they knew how to use the firearm. It wasn't anything new. Everyone knew how to. It was just something you did. It right. was part of your upbringing. Yep. Um, but now it's totally different. And especially in 2020 with the people coming in, most of the people had never touched a firearm. Yep. And while it's very concerning, if we don't step up to the plate and try to do something instead of turning our back or being frustrated with the level of noviceness, then we're doing all of the second, all of the people who appreciate our second amendment, we're doing them a disservice because we're not fostering the next generations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, I've talked about it on previous podcasts before with other guests where they were discriminated against um, on the financial side of things. You know, they had trouble finding a processor that a credit processor that would take their accounts. And if they did, if they, yeah, if they did find one, they charged them crazy rates, rates, you know, double what they would charge, you know, any other customer. And uh, if people are unaware, this started back in the Obama administration when he um, started Operation Choke Point, which targeted um, certain industries, the firearms industry being one of them. Um, it targeted these industries and allowed these financial op- um, financial institutions to um, really kind of boycott working with them. Um, now, since then, some states have started, um, especially on the firearms side, Texas just did this a few months ago, uh, coming up with legislation that makes that illegal. Um, so thank God, I hope Michigan jumps on there eventually, but when it comes to stuff like TV shows, this, this is happening all the time. There are other opportunities for people in the firearms industry where they've had some type of plug like that, that got pulled from them because the network or the distributors wouldn't pick it up. And just like you said, it's up to us to be able to educate and train and, and, teach people new things but the people that before we grow up on a farm and as they grew up with 12 siblings that farm splits into 12 pieces and then as those (laughs) (laughs) as those 12 siblings have kids that farm splits into more pieces and all of a sudden you've got kids selling off property and and stuff like that they turn into housing divisions and 20 years down the road you've got 
um, people who didn't grow up with the same ability of, of being able to fire on their property. I get that. Um, you match that up with companies that straight up refuse to show programming because it's a firearms business. That leads to a population that doesn't know how to use guns and frankly doesn't get to see firearms even through their media. So right. they're very ignorant about it. What it's going to take, and uh, unfortunately, it's this way across every aspect of our society now, not just within the firearms industry, but conservatism in general is being suppressed big time across everything. We see it in Hollywood movies. Uh, we see it in the government. What it's going to take is some big conservatives out there got to start their own platforms. We've got to be able to create our own content um, and figure out a way to get that out to people. And I'm talking right. about, you know, you got Dish Network, you got DirecTV, you got all these uh, channels that provided stuff for them. We got to have our own set. Like, it's it's this huge task that we've got to be able to do. And, you know, you see, let's see, who was that? Somebody just came out. It was like the first big Hollywood, not Hollywood movie produced. Um, the Daily Wire. The, the, the Daily Wire just came okay. out with a movie called um, Run, Hide, Fight. And okay. I have not personally seen it yet, but I need to. No, I haven't either, but I'm interested. It's 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 very interesting to me. And the premise of it is, a li- I, I saw the trailer, it's a little scary. My understanding of it from the trailer is it's about this um, school that they have an active shooter situation. And there is a girl in there who is trained in firearms and they basically evacuate the whole school and she's like the only one left on the inside. And uh, my guess is she ends up being the hero of the show. I don't know because I haven't seen it. But um, it's very engaging, very interesting. Looks like it's really well done. But the most important part to me is this is a conservative um, outlet that put this movie together, produced it and launched it all on their own. This is the first example of something that's actually being done well and actually has some momentum behind it. So um, this was put out by the Daily Wire. I think it's available right okay. now. Uh, and it's called yeah. it's called Run, Hide, Fight, I believe. Um, interesting. Interesting. So, so anyway, I, I hate I'll that. I'll definitely that, check it out. Yeah, I hate that that opportunity got, got taken away from you guys. I hope that at some point in time in the future – you know, maybe there's other opportunities that are similar to that through different avenues that you guys can take advantage of. Well, and it's like what one of the biggest things that we face in the day to day is uh, marketing. Um, You know, through most businesses, best opportunity to market via social media is completely um, censored for firearms industry. And, you know, you can't even give them your money no. to promote something. No. Um, and oftentimes, if you push the issue too much, they'll, you know, suspend your account yeah. or, you know, make it to where the algorithm is set up to not show you in a in the same way that anyone else. Yeah. But anybody else that can promote absolutely anything but if it has to do with a firearm store um firearms industry it's completely shut down yeah 
It's it's insane. And they, they even go so far as to actually physically remove followers from your account in some cases where the person who's following you didn't do it, but they also don't know that they don't follow you anymore. They just stop seeing your right. content. And then later down the line, you realize, you know, one of your brothers suddenly is not following Ann Arbor Arms anymore. You ask him why. He's like, I don't know anything about it. Well, there have been instances where Facebook or Instagram has came in and literally cleaned up what somebody follows. Um, but we face the same kind of discrimination here, especially on the social side of things. I mean, liter- literally yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, Sitemark had 143 posts removed. We got a notification, 143 of our posts removed from Facebook for viola- violating their terms of agreement. But when you when you look at the post... You're like, well, I don't understand. We we cooperated with everything you told us to do. We don't have, you know, we don't, some of them don't even have firearms in them. You know, and it's not like occasionally we'll, we might post a picture of somebody who went out and shot a hog or something. And if you don't want to see a dead animal, I, okay, fine. We'll figure out a way to promote, promote it without doing that. And they're still getting removed. And when you ask for clarification, wow. you get no answer. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised and I'm not really, but it's sad, yeah. you know, um, firearms are definitely get a bad rap and become the sort of mascot for a lot of things that are wrong in our country. And, you know, our founding fathers got it right. And they realized that we needed the ability to own and basically have our own, um, freedoms in our own hands and you know a lot of that is getting taken away slowly but surely and so yes we need to kind of focus on what we can control but we also need to be aware of our surrounding you know the news the media they only show one thing and they show they don't show the person with a concealed carry um, permit who was carrying and were able to stop something very tragic from happening they don't show that right if they do it might be for 15 seconds and moving on no they don't show it at all and and for two reasons one it doesn't fit the agenda but two it's no longer news if there was no situation if the situation was dissolved there's no reason to report on it so it's it's the sad (laughs) it's the sad truth is it happens literally thousands of times a day across the country that domestic violence or um, you know, assaults are stopped just because somebody had a firearm um, and most of the time didn't even have to shoot it. Um, but at that point in time, it does not become newsworthy because n- nothing happened. Right. right. Um, which is, is sad. These organizations are all rating starved, so they're only going to report on terrible, terrible things. Um, but it is funny to see a government that wants to disarm its citizens and then give billions of dollars worth of military equipment to the Taliban. Yeah. Well, yes, you're right. <laughs> I worked uh, – we attended a trade show here uh, in Fort Worth last week. Um, let's see. What was that? Texas Trophy Hunters, Hunters Extravaganza. And our booth uh, was the Cellmark booth. We had a Sightmark, Pulsar, Firefield, uh, Bullet Safe, and then Kofiager. All of our five brands, we yeah. had them. We had them in one booth, and so I had the bulletproof. We had the bulletproof vests up there at the front of the booth, and uh, I'm working it. So I'm talking to people and I'm selling stuff, 
and a guy walks up to me laughing, and I'm standing right by the bullet bulletproof vest, and he's just laughing, and he's like, who buys this crap? And I was like, man, a lot of people buy this stuff. And uh, I was like, you got. Right. I was like, I was like, you got to think, you know. First, there are the doomsday preppers, which everybody laughs at, you know. Um, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, I don't know, but they buy it. But in the recent uh, violence that's happened in the last two years across the entire nation, some of the big, I mean, look at Chicago has multiple, like double digit shootings up in the 20s or 30s almost every single weekend. Um, people within those communities, there's good people living in there scared for their lives. They're buying this stuff up like crazy. And and he was right. like, he was like, well, isn't it mainly just the people that are scared of the government? It's the same people who are scared of getting their guns taken away. And I said, you know, there is a there is a factor of yes, you know, some people carry or have guns or have bulletproof vests because they are scared that one day the government is going to try and and come and take over their lives. Yes, that is true. But what you're not thinking about, you're sitting in your comfy house in your secluded, you know, neighborhood or whatever it might be, completely safe on a day-to-day basis. There's a reason well, we unfortunately Unfortunately, there's too many examples of that not being the case right now, though. I right. you know, we're not far from some areas that you know, I can tell you firsthand my wife is you know, a SICU nurse. Yeah. And she sees gunshot victims all the time, yeah. you know, and so everywhere isn't a safe place. Right. And I can tell you, we sell the bullet safe vests here. And yeah. last year they were hot to try. Yeah. Everybody came in and couldn't keep them on the shelf. Yeah. You know, um, what I had to look at things through the lens of trying to protect yours. Right. And what you truly love and care about. Right. Absolutely. If you feel threatened, it's one thing, but if you feel that they are threatened, you're going to do anything in your power to protect them and their well-being. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people were coming in here with, with yeah. the riots and the protests and the with the things of that nature. You were finding people who, look, they weren't trying to get involved. They just wanted to make sure that they could ensure their safety. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this, so this guy... He, he again, is laughing at the type of people that might buy this type of stuff. And he was talking about bulletproof vests, but he also brought guns into it. Um, and so I explained to him that there's the two people that you're thinking about right now. One, they're protecting themselves from other normal people who might just be crazy and out to get them. Protecting themselves from what they see as maybe a, a government that's going to try and overstep their bounds. But the third category that nobody seems to talk about is why we don't have wars here in the United States. Wars happen in other countries. If we're if we are involved in a war, most of the time it's hop- happening over there because the majority of their population is not armed. We have an entire right. army of citizens that could easily protect their own property. In the event, I mean, you talk about an outside military force saying, and and don't get me wrong, most of us don't have military grade equipment, but to say we're going to attack the United States and we want to play over there, where are you going to do it? Because now you have to worry about not only our military forces but also just our civilians, right? And uh, after right. I after I mentioned that to the guy, he goes, 
oh, wow, you know what? I actually never thought about it that way. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you say what you want to about any of this stuff, but, you know, there's a there's a good reason behind everything um, that people do when they when they're purchasing these items, for the most part. Some people have bad intentions, it's, you know, we'll weed those people out as best as we can. Well, and I tell you what, I mean, take yourself back to 2001 and just the sentiments around those, you know, the September 11th events. And, you know, there was a, a, a huge fear that, that you're right, nothing had happened on our soil. Um, but that doesn't mean we're always safe. And that doesn't mean with Afghanistan, you know, being under Taliban control again and with them having a little bit more free reign of, of, a, of a whole nation now uh, or a whole country now that can, you know, potentially position themselves to attack freedom. Right. Um, it, it, it's not, it's not out of the realm of imagination. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So with all this being said, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of switch topics here cause we are running close to time. I'm only going to take up about, you know, 10 more minutes of your time. Um, with all this being said, just like you said, we've got to figure out a way to get more people actively involved in in the firearms industry, get more people accustomed to shooting guns and handling guns safely. How do we do it? What are some well, – I mean, do you have any ideas? What are some things that we can do that we're not currently doing to to get more people involved? Well, A, this is one of the things we're most passionate about, okay, because it's where we're at. And it's what we're seeing. We're in a rather, you know, liberal town of Ann Arbor. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of people who've been scared of guns and who never saw the need to own a gun. But then when people were fighting in the grocery stores over toilet paper last year, all of a sudden, you know, they realized, okay, well, I'm not going to tell my friends, but I'm going to definitely make sure that I'm safe in my home. Right. And so we saw all these people who were coming in, not wanting to talk much about it, but they didn't, they're a threat to themselves. Right. They didn't know which end of the gun to hold and how not to, you know, their finger instantly goes to the trigger and they yeah. want to point it at it. You know, what we try and do is create a safe space here in our retail environment where we check the guns consistently every single time they change hands, but be able to take the people where they come right. and not push them away and not make them feel insignificant or stupid for asking maybe, you know, maybe a question that we take for granted cause we know it, but be able to take these people and provide them the necessary steps that aren't extremely expensive but to be able to give them the opportunity to try it before they buy it and give them the opportunity to stand by them. If they don't like it within 30 days, we're going to refund you whatever you paid for that gun to help you get into something that's more suitable for you. And then it comes down to, we're also going to give you a free private lesson Oh, very nice. when you purchase with us. And so these are just different ways that we're trying to look I don't want to sell you a gun and have you walk out and never use it. I want you to come in and learn how to use it because I can tell you, or you can watch a video, but until you do it firsthand, you're not going to ever truly be competent. Right. And we want you past competent. We want you confident. So after that first lesson, we're going to give you 
a something we created. It's basically like um, when you go to the doctor and they fill out a script, we're going to give you a script that tells you what you need to work on, what you covered in your free lesson. And then it's a discount on your next lesson to get you back in. Okay. We're going to make memberships affordable for anyone to come in and practice. I think the biggest um, thing we can do is try and re-reach each person that comes in through our doors and then when given the opportunity to speak about firearms, given the opportunity to answer questions across whatever platform you're on, be able to say, look, the firearm isn't bad. There's an inherent sense of responsibility that comes with owning one. And your responsibility is to safely learn how to use it, how to store it, and be a responsible citizen with it. Absolutely. Learn how to. Yep. Join a league. Come out. Come, we're going to have, you know, inexpensive classes that take you from where to whatever level you want to go. Yeah. But it comes down to yeah. your perception of these people. If you perceive them as a nuisance, if you perceive them as somebody you don't feel like dealing with, then you're going to have issues. Um, we want to welcome people with open arms because they're coming to us asking us for a solution. If we can't provide that solution then we're not doing anybody who appreciates the Second Amendment a service. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, but I wanted to do something I think might be kind of fun for just a second. I'm going to put five seconds on the clock. Are you comfortable with doing a first name shout-off for all 11 of your siblings in five seconds? Can you do it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. ready, Go. Joseph, Timothy, Stephen, Rebecca, Susanna, Rachel, Joanna, Chrissy, CJ, Sarah, Beth, Daniel. Oh, man. Uh, if I started, I think you were a little bit late, but it was because you were trying to trying to backlog some of those names, I could tell. Well, the, last, the problem for is the first, I second put my thing. own name in it because I'm used to running it through like that. So <laughs> if I would have just named the 11, we'd have been on time. <laughs> I, think if I, I think if I start the timer right when you started talking, you definitely made it. That was pretty impressive. All right, cool. Well, um, yes, before sir. I let you go, real quick, how can people find you guys? Um, social, website, you know, what's your address? Give you know, me. we're on, yeah, we're on all the major platforms on Instagram and Facebook, Ann Arbor Arms, we're, we're our website. And, you know, the biggest thing is follow us because we're trying to do things slightly different and just show the whole industry and there's a lot of people jumping on board with the same mentality that, look, we've got to try and reach out to people and we've got to try and create the next generation of responsible, safe gun owners. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. All right, Tim. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thanks a lot for joining us and you have a great day. Thank you so much.